The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Tom Schreier, but Uh the Minnesota Twins are not going to sign Gary Cole. Wow. I thought you were going to say the Minnesota twins are no longer playing. Uh, I thought maybe that's where we were starting. Cause I, although we knew that, I guess in the last show, if people are listening to this show and don't know that I would question their judgment. Very I mean, severely. there's some people that walked outside and were like, you know what? Maybe the twins did this right. But no, I, why, why specifically with Cole? I mean, we'll, we'll get into your story and, and who you think they should sign and, and all this stuff, but why is Cole off the table? Well, first of all, it's, breakdown that it's Midwest Wing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast number, Justin Bailey producing, Tom Schreier sidekicking, and Brandon Warren coming at you today. It is freezing cold in Minneapolis the day after Donald Trump left downtown. That is going to be the only reference to Donald Trump in the history of this program. And so, yeah, not exactly baseball weather outside. Why won't Garrett Cole sign with the Minnesota Twins? Because he is going to get... Somewhere between 200 and $300 million from one of the Yankees, Angels, or Astros. So, so he's he's getting Bryce Harper money? I think so. I think so. And it's going to be probably $35 million per year, probably six years. So what does that come out to? 180 plus 30, 210? Yeah, maybe. I, I so think it's so been, it ends at his age 35 season? Yeah, that's – I can't see it being less than five, and I see enough teams competing that it will be more than five at the same time. So that sixth year might be the difference. Maybe some options on the end, but I really, really, really doubt it. So I think – you know, I was sitting next to Randy Miller, New Jersey advanced media, Yankees beat guy, and he remained convinced the Yankees were going to do that. They'd probably lose Didi Gregorius in the process. Didi's a free agent at the end of the season. Coming off a tough year, but they could probably move Glaber Torres to short. They got Miguel Andujar coming back, or they'll trade him. Gio Urshela had obviously a good year. Maybe he can move over to second. But they probably are going to be able to stomach the loss of Didi. They also might be able to just move uh, DJ LeMayhew to second base and figure yeah. things out besides. So I think that they are prepared for that. And if Garrett Cole goes to the Yankees, I'm sure the Twins fans will be shouting cheap pole ads left and right and... I do, however, I wrote my blueprint last night. I think I finished mm-hmm. about twelve forty-five or one. I recommend in the reading it. It is it is long, but it's it's. I just read it before the show. Pretty, pretty well laid out. Pretty pretty easy to get through. I also think it's in digestible pieces. I think. Yeah, and you just kind of break it up, looking at marginal players, big signings. Who, who do you keep? Who do you let go? Stuff like that. Uh, position by position. Also, you have the payroll around 150. We'll, we'll explain how we get to that number, but this is not 150. I, I believe like St. Louis is around 170. I mean, the other thing people have to remember, and again, some, some people will just disregard this. The uh, They're going to have to, or, or a smart twins team, Resigns Burrios, keeps, you know, I think Bucks and guys like that. Um, so while the payroll may not spike into like the 170, 180 range, it will get progressively higher as this team gets better because you have to pay these young guys at some point. Yeah. And I also think, I also think that you have to 
stay prepared for, like you said, the ability for Byron Buxton to earn a significant amount of money. Yeah. Miguel Sano, Jose Barrios. Obviously, not exactly a secret. Trading Eddie Rosario is on my docket. Yeah. I have him non-tendering CJ Crone. I have him non-tendering Sam Dyson and then re-signing him to a deal where he gets a few bucks to recover and then he gets pretty much all of his money back as, you know, 2021, assuming he's, you know, assuming he's healthy. It's an it's a team option. Mm-hmm. But if they believe his shoulder is healthy or who knows, maybe he gets on the mound in September next year and shows a little bit. I think that would kind of be the ticket to getting that option exercise. But with how much the Twins have as invested into Dyson, I just don't think it makes sense to non-tender him and let him sit for the next year or sign with someone else when, you know, you've already made the, you can call it a mistake, you can call it a move, you can call it whatever you want. I just don't think it makes sense for the Twins to let Dyson pitch anywhere else in the near future. So I think those are kind of the initial moves and I'm going to, I finally got the computer up and running here. So we will, um, you know, we will figure out what people think about this. So far, the reaction has been mostly positive, Mm -hmm. but I suspect people are going to be upset that Garrett Cole is not coming to Minnesota. That's both my opinion. And also I think a very likely scenario. And I think too, the most important thing is, Mm -hmm. That while Garrett Cole is the best free agent pitcher available and probably the best free agent pitcher available in the last X number of years, I don't know how many years, Mm -hmm. I think you have to spread out your assets when it comes to making additions because obviously I have the Twins making a fairly significant addition at starting pitcher. We'll get into that in a second. Mm -hmm. In the outfield because they're trading Eddie Rosario. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the better backup catchers in the game. Some infield help. Some bullpen help, significant bullpen help, I might add. Mm-hmm. I think that fans who think it's going to be Garrett Cole and like nothing else don't really get how Falvey and Levine operate, which is balance, which is flexibility, which is the ability to adjust on the fly. And like they said at that meeting on Wednesday, they may have a plan one, a plan A. But if they, they're they not going to get caught flat-footed if their target is Madison Bumgarner and he signs with someone else, again, just a hypothetical, because you can't be left when spring training opens in February with your hands empty. I think people should remember, too, Astros are favored and the Yankees spend more, right? Mm-hmm. We saw LA go out. Um, Phillies missed the playoffs and had Harper. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't spend. And... Um, well, also, if Garrett Cole gets hurt and he's the only guy you pick up, then you're just yeah. basically punting a year. And they, I, I do think, and and we'll get into the championship series, Mr. Bailey's going to be cranky. I'm going to be cranky Bailey. But, I think uh, he already is. But um, He needs a red dog Red Bull. I always eat both. It's a bulldog. He needs That's a bull. obviously what it is, is a bulldog, right? Uh, Bailey's, or a uh, trolley punch. <laughs> Bailey's Bailey's doing this at some point. He's, he's bulldogging. But... Uh, I <laughs> better than bird dogging, <laughs> but uh, God, that's a big sidetrack. Um, I think the Cardinals, especially given that they're kind of a hot team right now, ten runs, literally three more than the Twins scored in a whole series. They scored in in, uh, in the first inning in the game five against 
the Atlanta Braves. What a debacle that was for the Braves. Yeah. In their own house. Yeah. Like, it was so bad. Yeah. Um, I think that's a model that people, a reasonable model that people should use. I don't, I don't really think the Yankees are LAR and, um, maybe Houston on the high end. Yeah. I maybe. Mean, and they're, they're a player development factory too. And that's what the twins want to be. And it's a, and, and that's the thing. The Yankees develop guys now, right? Houston develops guys. Um, yeah. I mean, if you any look good at, team has you, waves and this is what that fell into being talked if about. If you look at the Yankees, they've got Gary Sanchez behind the plate who they developed. They've got DJ, DJ LeMahieu, which was a savvy free agent signing, but they got Gleyber Torres, who they got in a trade and then developed. They've got Miguel Andahar when he's healthy, who they developed. They've got, I'm trying to think of who I'm missing here, Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of players they developed. They did make some moves, but Luis Severino, Domingo Herman when he's not getting in trouble, which maybe he doesn't pitch again, but... A lot of these guys spent significant time in the farm system, if not were outright signed or drafted by them. So, well, and, and you don't have to. I know this is salt in the wound. Look at Aaron Hicks, right? They also mm-hmm. got kind of reclamation projects, if you will. Guys who other teams, and we know who we're talking about right now, mismanaged their development, mm-hmm. flipped them, mm-hmm. and, and and that guy, you know, turned into a star. I think it's interesting. Just before you move on, the reason why Houston and St. Louis makes sense is Houston is the 10th TV market, according to Nielsen. So New York, LA, Chicago. What's what's Minneapolis, like 13? 15. So this is the thing. It's not a small market. And I think that's been snuffed. But if it hasn't, Minneapolis, St. Paul is in there with Tampa, Seattle, Miami, Cleveland, and so Denver. So um, in in your opinion, let's say the twin season ticket base is at 12,000. Which it will, it probably is and will spike up. What was it at its peak? Was it like 25? 25? Yeah. How many years do you think it takes to get back there? Five. Uh, let, let's say the Twins win an average of 95 games for as long as it takes. You think it'll take five years? Three to five. I mean, I, I think I could say three if you keep on seeing 90s. I think if you see a dip at any point or some uncertainty around the team. The other thing is we know within that time frame, Minnesota should be in a winning window, right? But um, Chicago mm-hmm. may get there quick. Chicago's got assets. They're in a big market. They Now I guess their owner's a little cheap, but like – they may go out and get players um, to supplement their stars. I don't think it's going to take as long for them to get good as Kansas City did. I or think, even Minnesota, for that matter. Right. And I think I think the interesting thing is people should track Cleveland because Cleveland is trying to kind of win on the or rebuild on the fly. I don't think they want to completely burn it down. I think they're done. Do you think they're going to bottom out, though? No, they're going to win like 84 games next year, and it's going to be so dull. Right, but I think that I think the thing is they're going to sit in that like seventy-five to eighty win range for a little bit, but I don't think they're going to drop below that. And my point is, mm, I think if they do that for one year, then they drop below that because they realize that. I mean, then it's time for the tank. Yeah, I, I know that's not good, but then Corey Kluber will be gone. I suppose he's got one year left. Lindor has two, so they trade him. Jose Ramirez is super cheap, so they trade him and get a ton back. And I think they commit to the White Sox style rebuild. Yeah. So may, maybe the White Sox are a better model. My point is, I don't know if you have to like jeopardize becoming Baltimore before their winning streak or Pittsburgh before those. I think those those is two kind of like whatever the opposite of a model franchise is, right? And I think the point is, if teams in the AL Central figure out how to do that, it means the Twins have to have urgency right away because they're going to have more competition than they've traditionally had in the past. Does that make sense? Yeah. In my retro or my post mortem, my retrospective, I said. 
it's not going to be easy to repeat this year. And I don't mean 101 wins because that might be virtually impossible because I still think Cleveland is going to be respectable. Detroit can't possibly be any worse. Kansas City, I don't really think they're going to be any good, but they're going to be interesting if they get some of their young guys, you know, Brady Singer and some of the pitchers they drafted if they start making their way up eventually here in the next year or so. Chicago's on the upswing, and I think that's everybody. But, uh, you know, it's 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 maybe a division where there's a 95-win team, an 85-win team, a couple of 70s, and 160. It's more balance. It means that certainly Cleveland probably won't get as fat on the bad teams, but I think that's also true about the Twins as well. And so it doesn't, it doesn't mean that if the Twins win 96 games next year, they're worse than this year. And in fact, when I did my blueprint, I wanted to build a better team skill-wise. I didn't necessarily want to build a team that's going to improve on 101 wins because I don't know that that's possible. And Okay, so when the Twins went to the wild card game in 2017, mm-hmm. they had a pretty decent roster, right? And they went to the offseason. They didn't really lose anybody. They added Lomo. They added Lance Lynn. They added Fernando Rodney. They added Zach Duke. And you kind of felt like they were cleaning up some of their issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't do enough in the bullpen. People said, oh, Addison Reed, too. And they just flattened out. They went from 85 wins to 78 wins. And it was like, well, what the, what happened? If you add talent to an already pretty good team, well, development's not linear. Jorge Polanco gets popped for PEDs. All, all, one, all one-year deals, some of the guys weren't as in as the other players. Right. And then people are like, well, why wouldn't you go full in if it's a year you won 101 games? Well, if I told you last winter the Twins are going to win 101 games this year, yeah, your urgency would be a bit higher. But there was no idea that that was going to happen. I mean, you'd you'd require the gift of hindsight. And if you went all in on the pitching free agency last year, especially relief pitching, you will have a lot of dead money on your books this year in terms of David Robertson and Kelvin Herrera, Uris Familia, any of those guys did not have very good years. Joaquin Soria, the Twins were interested in. They just didn't want to give him as many years. It just was not a good offseason for relief pitching. And I have the Twins only signing one big-name reliever and then bringing back Sergio Romo, which I think is a is a really good idea. But you still have to hope that if you go big on a reliever, they don't completely fall apart. And I think that that's a tough, underrated part. And I think also, too, the fact that guys like Zach Littell, Trevor May, and Tyler Duffy solidified their roles. Cody Stashak was really good. I mean, I know he got lit up a little bit in the playoffs. But those four guys with Taylor Rogers is the foundation of a good bullpen. So you add a tough reliever, and we'll get to who that is in mm-hmm. a minute. It's not going to make anybody get excited because there's a ton of names. But it's it's a it's a good bullpen. Yeah, I, I think um I think the best way to think about this is you want to exercise all three ways of acquiring players, right? There's the trade, there's the free agency, and then there's it's not acquisition, but it's the development of of star players, right? I think the more you do that, the more you're gonna have waves of players come in. Because if you do too much with trades, you're gonna um trade away that talent that is part of that wave, right? I mean, that's the Cubs. Yeah. You know, they traded Eloy Jimenez, Glaber, Glaber Torres, Glaber Torres. You know, they have an entire, I wouldn't say a team. But there's a lot of names out there that have Jorge Soler hit like 50-some bombs, whatever, this year for the Royals. Each of those guys came up with the Cubs and returned them. Wade Davis, who's long gone, and Jose Quintana, who had a tough year. And who else did they get? I mean, 
that's just kind of we got a Bailey take. I love it. He just picked up the mic. We didn't even ask him. He just he's jumping. What's the in. opposite of a mic drop? I guess that's what Bailey's doing right now. They did win a World Series though. No, I know, but so but, but the Twins want to build a sustainable winner, one where they can win the World Series and not have I, a drop off. Do you? I just want to win one. See, I I disagree. as a as, fan of wait a t- wait wait, obvi- wait wait okay wait, 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 as, a, as a Brewers fan watching the Twins or obviously you you want the New England Patriots you want the New York Yankees you want a team that's gonna always be in contention and win a substantial amount of World Series or championships whatever. But you're okay you, with being the Raptors. I just you don't have to be the Warriors. You, just, you want one like yeah. you. There's a whole generation of Twins fans, and there's as a Brewer fan, there's multiple generations of Brewer fans. But I know there's at least one generation of Twins fans who have never seen this team win anything. My, my theory is it's three generations because it's the Tory Hunter contraction generation, the Joe yeah. Mauer Morneau generation, and yeah. now it's the Buxton Sano, which is actually the Kepler Polanco generation. Yeah. Um, Although Buxton would have been seen in a different light had they been healthy. I know that's. So yeah, it yeah, is. But. It's a bummer. If you're a Royals fan, they are nothing after winning pretty recently. Now their team sucks again. You don't want that, mm-hmm. but that banner hangs forever. Yeah, flags. I, I think as forever. soon as you saturate the team, meaning that as soon as you you have a full roster, it's much easier. So we're not touching the Larnick, um, Kirilov, Kir- yeah, Larnick, Kirilov, and uh, Royce Lewis mm-hmm. players, right? Because those guys I see as very close to major leagues. Uh, Royce Lewis has done well. Arizona Fall League is progressing close. Once you're in double A, you're pretty by close the way, to majors. Royce Lewis is playing all over. It is because they were not able to designate shortstop as his primary position because he was a. It had to do with like some AFL rules with which players come through where. Yeah, it gets complicated, but AFL teams are made up of t- players from multiple different teams. Yeah, right? yeah, so he's playing short, second, center. And, and versatility twins, is important. And the twins are like, you know what? We really don't have a problem with that because he's super athletic. It's not like it's going to wreck his development because AFL is a few weeks and whatever. And he's playing in the AFL Fall Stars game. So it's not like it's really gotten into his head. And between you and me, versatility might get him to the big leagues faster because maybe he doesn't push Jorge Polanco off short at least not right away yeah so maybe a rise goes to third so goes to first and royce plays second or royce plays third and so goes to first i don't think there's anything wrong with that no no i like the versatility or maybe he comes up and plays center if byron buxton runs into a fence again yeah i mean you know, i knock like, on woody i like the versatility i like depth i guess the point here is that you can't be too um you don't want i know there are people who who may want this the the most urgent fans to them, I say, look at the fan base of the Marlins, for example. The Marlins have won, but you don't build a fan base with teams that just kind of insta-win and, and go away. I, Arizona would be another one. Mm-hmm. I think the um, sustained success is important. However, you have to use your your prospects more as chips once you have a full team. So I'm, I'm, I'm penciling Lewis in at short. I'm looking at Larnick as outfield depth or an outfielder Period, right? I'm looking at Kirloff as an outfielder for the Twins, period. I think for he'll, I think Kirloff will play first base. The, he may, although who, if you don't have Rosario, who is the other off? Larnick is the other outfielder? Larnick, yeah, Larnick, yeah. Buxton, Kepler. And so, and then he is kind of an outfielder, though, if Buxton gets hurt, right? Or Kepler gets hurt. We're picking on Buxton because he hit, he, he only played 82 games. Kepler was banged up by the end of the season. That That's just part of being an outfielder, I think. So my point is 
after that, you probably don't want to completely, you know, empty the cupboard, but you are going to see your prospects more as trade chips in that winning, winning window. That is how that changes. And I think we'll get to your, your, uh, trade. Mm, yeah. I'm just going to go on the list so that, yeah. Cause then I can tease it as, Hey, if you want more in-depth explanation, cause I couldn't go, go, four go on the website. Yeah. No, I mean, listen to the podcast and we'll get some more ears on this thing because, yeah. uh, I think we do a pretty good show and the numbers need to go up. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So let's, let's go, let's go through your major moves or most controversial stuff. The rest of it, people can look online and see what you have literally because people don't want to listen to a three hour. Well, and also, yeah. Hey, Bales has to be out of here at yeah. a certain time. So, so, does, so does Tom. So <laughs> let's see. Obviously we've got the outrights. We've got the free agent guys coming off qualifying offers. I have Gibson. no, Odorizzi, yes. Pineda, yes. Nothing too crazy there. Um, you almost could have probably justified a Gibson qualifying offer if he hadn't faded on the last two months. But options, obviously, Nelson Cruz has already been exercised. The Twins have not confirmed it yet, but a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and we know it has happened or will happen. Perez is a no-go. Um, arbitration eligible. So there is a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys. Non-tender Dyson, I got him coming back on a one-year deal with a team option. So $2 million in the year one, $5 million in year two. His arbitration total for next year was expected to be $6.4 million. So I think if you give him a little more cash than that, you can entice him to come back and rehab with you. And there's so, both. So you, you think thir- – here's the argument for 33-year-old Dyson, right? Because he'd be 33 in 2021, right? Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. He's not super young. I believe it's either I think Adovino's thirty three. Is that right? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. And he, they had like. Well, can't. it's a team option. There's no risk if they think his shoulders fried. Yeah. Like if he comes back and looks like Glenn Perkins in the last month of his career. Yeah. You wash your hands of it, and you know it sucks that you lost Jalen Davis, Kai yeah. Tang, and but the, the, the that's the cost the of doing guy. business. I'm fine with pushing out this. Jalen Davis maybe is a thirty home run hitter. Because that sometimes happens. Like mm-hmm. my point is, I'm fine moving. Jalen Davis was for never going to play for the Minnesota Twins. So this is actually a good example of that's a good use of your prospects as chips, right? Yep. So, and I just want to make a point here. I think the Yankees people got so upset that they're like the Twins and the Yan- people. Were, people here were saying that the the Twins bullpen is as good as the Yankees. Talent wise, I actually think they were. Here's well, top what, five, especially. But it's Britain who I'm thinking of. Britain. Yep. Even Canley's a little bit of a veteran, but these out of, you know, the guys they're throwing out of their bullpen. The difference is these guys are veterans who have played in the playoffs. And I, I think with Sam Dyson, the argument for him is as much talent that he was fine when he wasn't hurt. Right. But also he's a veteran and it's nice to have a guy, a veteran in your bullpen, especially one who assuming his medicals check out, you know, his medicals and, He's familiar with the organization. Does that logic check out with I'm you? sorry. Say it one more time. I got distracted. Brandon literally just picked up his cell phone, started texting people in the middle of the show. I'm saying- Hey, I got sources, man. Is there is there value in the in having a, vet, a 30, 33-year-old veteran in your mind who's kind of been through- I, I'm assuming he's been in the playoffs. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, between him, I think he was with the Rangers when they were good. Yeah. And between, between that and Sergio Romo, who we'd have coming back, uh, that's a pretty good pedigree. Yeah. So what uh, I guess move forward. So we're good. not only that, but we would also have a CJ Crone non-tender, and I I'm fine with that. At seven point seven million, it 
it doesn't make sense to me to bring him back. And it doesn't have to do with anything with the thumb, anything like that. I just don't think I think Crone, when they picked him up, they thought, eh, we'll see what happens. We're not expecting to be amazing this year. He had a nice year. He doesn't cost that much. Marwin Gonzalez can play first base until Kirilov is ready, which doesn't seem that far off. If you're really worried, and I do have them signing a guy who played quite a bit of first base this year, you've got options. So, and again, Miguel Sano can swing over. Max Kepler has played first base in the past. They have some guys who can do that. Um, I don't know. I think I think there's I, a chance I, there. Crone was fine for a pickup. I think, I think the ball may change, to be honest. But even if they change the ball and it's not juice next year, you can find power. I, I think Kirloff has it, for example. Uh, certainly Kepler has it. There, you can also, I don't, I don't hate having first base be something you just rotate players through. It's kind of like a half day off, if you will. It's not, it's not full recovery of a day yeah, off. Yeah. But it's it, not like it's, so, uh, it's not quite DHing. Yeah. It's not sitting on the bench, but it's not too bad. So I'm there. I'm with you. Okay. So, I mean, 40 man additions, nothing too crazy. Rayleigh Blankenhorn, Johan Duran, and Luis Rijo. Um, this is getting into, again, re- read the article. This is getting into players that if you follow the minor leagues, you'll be very familiar with. And also, if you, you don't, they can go in the Rule 5 draft. So yeah. it puts us at 32 men on the 40-man roster. I also have them signing or picking up Gabe Kapler as a bench coach. I think it's a foregone conclusion yeah. that Sheltie's going to get a job somewhere. If he doesn't, great. He's good it. in that spot. And that, part of that is he's just very experienced and he's benefiting from being on a one-on-one win team and i think kapler you get a parachute landing he's familiar with rocco they both played their last year in tampa he's a detail-oriented guy which you want from your bench coach he was fired from the phillies and trevor ploof tweeted out that he thought that was just a fan appeasing move so i've been dming with ploof i don't know if this is okay to say but he's like kapler and rocco would be an amazing like odd couple pairing the way they would go i'm not saying it'll happen I, I I love just picking up someone with major leagues. It's it's like when they had or maybe still is Mike Quade. I think it's Quade. Quade. Uh, Joel Skinner now um, was their AAA manager. But but it was nice taking a guy who had managed the Cubs and putting him in your AAA. I just think someone with that experience is very valuable. Yeah. Oh yeah. In in that role. So the trade that you're teasing is Eddie Rosario, Brent Rooker, and Ben Rortvet to the Colorado Rockies for right-handed pitcher John Gray. So. You know, it's weird. Somebody suggested trading Rosario in August and everybody got pissed off. And now everyone's talking about it. Bailey, why the hell did you suggest that? And Bailey says he doesn't know. He just knows what um, he's talking about. No, so you you had an article uh, saying that they should trade Eddie Rosario. Um, he's a fan favorite. I think, I think the thing that sticks out to me is the 300 on base percentage. There's just still a little bit lack of discipline. I really like him as a player. Having said that, you have to trade a player you like in order to get what you want. And what this team should be aiming for, and I'll let you tell it, but it should be a pitcher in the offseason, uh, trading for a pitcher in addition to offseason signing. Yeah. Well, I just think Rosario's not the prototype for Falvian Levine's type of player. He doesn't get on base, doesn't play good defense. He hits a few homers every now and then. He just does not provide the value that, you know, you want from players. Kirilov and Larnick are both going to be the kind of guys who hit, walk, play fairly good defense. You know, maybe they're not superstars, but they're, you know, they're pretty good players. You don't want too open of a slot for a, you know, star prospect. So I think of Aaron Hicks. I know I keep going back to him, but in that case, you didn't need to trade Span and Revere. Now the Revere trade, given how Trevor Mays played, because it was the Revere trade, right, that brought him over, mm-hmm. Look, looks all right. But that was too open of a spot for Aaron Hicks. He wasn't ready for it. Having said that, I think 
you do also don't want to block a a player like Kirloff or Larnick or something like that with a bad contract. Does that make sense? And I think or, or just even with a player under a large contract, if that's mm-hmm. not the player you want long term. Is that kind of your thinking there? Yeah. Well, so John Gray is a solid number three, number four starter. He's a two years of team control. I think Rosario, you know, he'll he'll be viewed as a decent enough player by other teams. And that's why I think you do the sweetener with prospects. Rooker, six years of control of a guy who's gonna hit for power is is certainly you know, in Colorado, it'll work. They have Daniel Murphy at first base right now. He's not going to play much longer, I don't think. And then Rortvet gives them a guy behind the plate who they've obviously valued defense back there with Tony Walters in the past. Before that, they had Chris Iannetta. They've they've done a few things here or there. But if that's not enough to get gray, you tweak the prospects. I think you can make it happen. Then you got Rosario, David Dahl, and Blackman in the outfield. Got Ryan Maltapia, who can kind of mix and match if Dahl gets hurt, which has happened a lot in the last few years. I just, the tough thing for me is I don't know what direction the Rockies are going. So it makes a trade difficult to figure out. By the way, we should point out John Grave, third overall pick in the 2013 draft. I mean, it's not like this guy's. Is that the Cole Stewart year? uh, 2013? Yeah. Yeah, it was the Cole Stewart year. He was picked. One or two picks ahead of Cole. Yeah. So, so the point is, this think, isn't giving away. Was like, was it Appel, Bryant, Gray, Stewart? I'm going to look this up. Yeah, what? I think it was. So, Gray, he's you know there are some of those Colorado struggles, and he kind of reminds me a little bit of Archie Bradley in that you've got a guy that's like big, sturdy, and just hasn't quite found his way yet. And this last year was kind of his best year, but I think he could flourish under the development of uh, Wes Johnson. What do you yeah. got? I, no, I, I just really – so, yeah, it is Appel, Bryant, Gray, Stewart, Clint Frazier was the next guy. Um, Oof, I can't believe I remembered that off the top of my head. The uh, I, I I think the point here is it may be stunning for some people to say Rosario was the guy that came up with the name Pamba, that he, mm-hmm. he's he been clutch off the bench at times. He's an exciting player. Literally the first pitch he saw in the major leagues, he hit for a home run. That's the kind of player you have to give up to get the number three overall pick in a draft, mm-hmm. a guy who fits – you're pretty certain can pitch in your rotation. You know, there's not outside of injuries, which with every pitcher, there's not a lot of question. And and you're not touching the guys who should be in the major leagues in the next year or two. That mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. Kirloff Larnick, uh, Lewis class. So you have those a whole, three players. You have a hole in the outfield, and since you non-tendered Crone, it's not going to be Marwin out there. So I have them signing right fielder Avisail Garcia one Garcia one year eight million with a team option for 2021. He had a decent year with Tampa Bay. But for me, this is as much a decent year and a guy who's not 30 yet as it is a guy who's just a stat cast marvel. He's got crazy sprint speed, hits the ball hard, plays fairly good defense. You're not going to miss Eddie Rosario if you sign him. And so if you play him in right, move Kepler over to left, you buy yourself some time. Maybe he's your DH in the future if Nelson Cruz retires after next year. Maybe if... Larnick and Kirilov aren't quite ready and they need a whole year to develop. You've got somebody there. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you can platoon Jake Cave and Lamont Wade and call it good. I just don't no, think that's going to happen. I, Jake Cave is probably a player, I've said this before, who will probably try to seek a team, even if it's not a contender, certainly not a contender, that would just play him every day. I think he just has to play often in order for the bat to go. In terms well, of- and keep in mind, too, this is a 26-man roster, and I had almost forgotten about that. So the bench is going to be yeah. four guys. Yeah, which, so maybe, thank God. maybe Cave 
wouldn't have even been in the mix. Maybe maybe it would have been Ad- Adrianza a catcher and then Marwin and they do something else. At yeah, first I mean, I, I mean, the, the thing I like about Lamont Wade is that he's shown plate discipline. Mm-hmm. He's fast and he's under team control as a young player. And there is just this kind of hang on to him for upside. We know who Jake Cave is. He he's a perfectly fine player. I think I'm just bringing this up because he was an Orioles fan growing up. The Orioles would play him every day. He'd yep. probably make an impact. He'd probably start in center field for them. But well, maybe maybe right field. But but I, it does. I, it, I would go with the young player there for sure. Lamont, it's Lamont? Lamont Wade. Yeah. And, and if not, you can always put Lamont Wade in the, in AAA, right? And, and have someone else take his roster spot. So mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on that. Okay. So let's just go from the top. I have them giving Pineda a qualifying offer, and I think he accepts it now. 18 million prorated for when he's suspended gets you into that 14 million dollar range. So I have them spending that 4 million that's gone on Kyle Gibson. I know that's unpopular. I know, I know, I know. But someone has to make the starts while Pineda's on the suspended list for like six weeks. That allows Gibson one more chance to go at this thing and say, hey, I feel healthy, you know, ulcer, ulcerative colitis hopefully is in remission or gone. I don't know how that disease works. But you give him one more chance to spin some sliders and, you know, figure this out under Wes Johnson. I know he's not young, but he loves Minnesota. He's been only a twin ever, and I can't imagine him getting a better deal elsewhere. So one year, $4 million for him. So that's one rotation spot I, spoken for. Let's point this out. Twins know his medicals. He pitched well two years ago. I, I don't think Gibson is a long-term solution, no. to be honest. He nope. may finish his career somewhere else. But in terms of filling a slot, he kind of does that. If, if he gets a bigger deal somewhere else, I'm sure the Twins will just let him go. So where's the number one pitcher? Zach Wheeler. I got him signing a deal for four years, $90 million front-loaded. So $25 million in the first year. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money for a guy I, who's had two solid years, and that's about it. I think I see it. I like this for two reasons. A, maybe half that contract works out, right? Maybe you get two. Hopefully, in the first two years, you get. He's two twenty nine year- or thirty, so I don't think it would be too too dicey. Yeah, but he was a huge prospect, like Matt Harvey level prospect. Yep, had all the arm issues, came all the way back. Needed some time, but he strikes people out. He doesn't walk anybody. He doesn't give up homers, and at his best, puts the ball on the ground. He does everything you want a starting pitcher to do. We should say debuted in 2013, played in 14, then didn't play again until 2017. Yeah, so it wasn't in the major. He's your one or two. It doesn't make any difference. Brios probably is your one in name. He's going to make the opening day start, but two very similar caliber pitchers. You slot in John Gray third. Now we'll get back to pitching in just a second. Starting pitching that is. Signing reliever Will Smith from the Giants, another Giants reliever, obviously going to do a physical on this one, uh, two years, $25 million. It might seem short on the years because he's not super old, but I don't. I, I would rather give up money than years for a reliever. Hands down, especially because money is the resource that's going to get tighter as time goes on. And like yeah. I said— So you can overspay now. Yep. Yeah. So like I said in the story— one matchup lefty or one tough lefty like Taylor Rogers is a nightmare. Two is simply unfair. This allows Rocco to mix and match righties and lefties with Sergio Romo, who we have coming back, Trevor May, Tyler Duffy, Zach Littell, Cody Stashak. You've got the two lefties on the back end. And then your your eighth reliever can be Fernando Romero, El Randy Dobnak, or Dobnak um, Devin Smeltzer, whoever you want. I mean, Jorge Alcala. Johan Duran, whoever whoever shows out in the 
spring because I have them outriding Hildy. I have them outriding Ryan Harper, both guys who can have success but are just not integral. I think, and I also think that Hildy clears waivers and stays in the organization. Um, I just think that that's a bullpen seven deep with guys who you can trust pretty much any time after the sixth inning. If you get a guy on a similar deal to Smith, let's say you sign Smith, do you do it just for insurance? No, no. I don't want to. And why is that? Less is more when it comes to spending that much money on relievers. For me, I I don't know enough about the other relievers available. I have not fully gone in headlong, and and maybe that's foolish. Smith Smith came into your sight, right, line of vision because he was potentially available at the deadline. Yeah, and they 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 didn't trade him. They traded Dyson, and they thought Dyson was going to be their closer moving forward. So I I don't really know what that was all about, but. Either one of him or Rodgers can close. I don't think Rocco is going to be married to a closer, which is a frustrating thing for a fantasy baseball player, but in terms of real-life baseball, makes a ton of sense. So totally. Martin Maldonado backing up Mitch Garver. As much as I think Jason Castro would be another great backup, I just think, oh, Bailey yeah. loves Maldonado, huge Maldonado guy. Maldonado's a big kind of chunky dude who doesn't hit, but he's a really great defender. And so what, what do you want from your backup catcher to give you something that your starter doesn't give you? Garver's... Certainly getting better defensively, and he's won me over. I'm sorry, Mitch, that I wanted them to sign Yasmani Grandal last offseason, speaking of a Brewers catcher. And I note that I don't have them getting Grandal this time around. Mitch has won me over. He's not going to hit 30 homers again, maybe 18, 20. That's fine. He's getting better defensively. What I want in a backup catcher is to give me what my starter doesn't. So this is this is a purely defensive. This is purely framing. This is a guy who will catch... Kyle Gibson or your pitchers that need the edges. So that's it. He'll start one and a half times every trip through the rotation. So you got Avisail Garcia, Garcia, David Freeze for your MV Freeze. Yep. Your corner guy off the bench. He can hit some. Why lefties. don't you like David Freeze, sir? Have you, <laughs> see, have you ever seen him in the playoffs? I don't think he's ever made an out. Um, so MV Freeze is a reference to 2011 when he won with the hometown. He's from St. Louis. Didn't he bounce Cardinals. Nelson Cruz from the playoffs and or the World Series, like win the World Series for them that year? I, I think so, yeah. And so he killed lefties for the Dodgers this year. He's going to want another chance at a ring. I can't imagine the Dodgers bringing him back just because they have so many good players, but maybe they do. But one year, $4 million, he's got the it factor in the playoffs if that's something that matters to you. He can still play. He's 37, so one-year deal. And you can you can – honestly promise him a chance at a ring you honestly can yeah um signing kevin gaussman one year bailey doesn't believe bailey doesn't believe yeah well he's not signing with the brewers bailey he can suck it um (laughs) kevin gaussman one year eight million with a team option for 12 million i just think the reds will non-tender him at 10 point whatever million that's projected by mlb trade rumors if they don't um alex wood Michael Waka, I think another <laughs> NL Central guy Bailey doesn't like. Either one of those guys makes sense. Waka Waka. Yeah, exactly. I I, Kevin Gossman, we should point out, fourth overall pick in the 2012. If you end up with the fourth overall pick in the 2012 draft and the third overall pick in the 2003 draft, I think you're doing something right. I know the MLB uh, Hang draft. on a second. You'd also be outriding the fourth overall pick in the 2013 draft. <laughs> so Yeah, you'd be getting uh, Stewart. And, yeah. and we should point out, I know it's more of a crapshoot, but I think – and, and draft position doesn't mean as much as it does in other sports. Mm-hmm. But my point here is you're aiming high, actually, with this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean well, this, well, is, this is your all-in strategy. It's, it's, it's balance, it's buying low, and it's also buying high on two guys that are huge needs for the Twins. So if Gaussman doesn't come around, a Tanner Roark makes sense. 
Someone for the back end of the rotation. If you get Gaussman, my theory is this. When Pineda comes back, you've got three guys for two spots. Pineda gets one of them. Gaussman and Gibson, it's, you know, whoever is having the better year gets that spot. The other one goes to the bullpen. Or if they're really struggling, you just DFA them and move on. So then Sergio Romo, I have minor league deal worth $2 million. You purchase a contract in the last day of spring training, and it allows you to manipulate the 40-man roster through spring. Because I know this sounds like a lot of guys to bring back, but if you sign Dyson on a minor league deal, he doesn't count on the 40. You can purchase his contract, put him on the 60-day IL, and then he doesn't cost you a 40-man roster spot all season long. If you sign, or bringing back Pineda, he goes on the restricted list, doesn't cost you a 40 spot until then. And then Sergio Romo doesn't cost you a 40 spot until the end of spring. That allows you to, again, kind of manipulate the 40 in the meantime. And I think that puts you exactly at 40, which means this is the this is the opening day roster, the 26-man roster to start the season. Let's do it. Catcher Mitch Garver, first baseman Marwin Gonzalez, second base Luis Arise, third base Miguel Sano, shortstop Jorge Polanco, Kepler, Buxton, Garcia across the outfield, Nelson Cruz at DH. A grand total salary of $49.185 million. I said it's an a near replica of the Bomba squad with a healthy Byron Buxton. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Justin Bailey remains suspicious. What does that have to do with baseball? <laughs> uh, bench of Martin Maldonado, David Freeze, Ari Adrianza, and Jake Cave. You could take Cave. You could take Wade. Cave, Cave would, assuming he's there. Make right that, now. Yeah. Williams Estadio, I don't care. Uh, $9.475 million for your bench. No you speed, got, but they don't steal. Yeah, right. Uh, you got defense up the middle, catcher at least at catcher and uh, and shortstop. You've got David Freeze who can mash righty or as a righty. You got Cave who can hit some righties. That bench gives you everything you want. Nine point four seven five million. Your rotation to start the season is Zach Wheeler, Jose Brios, John Gray, Kevin Gaussman, Kyle Gibson, Pineda Snots, <laughs> Slots, not Snots. Um, wow. Uh, in there at the end, that's sixty two point five million. Committed to your rotation. There's a very real chance your rotation in September is Wheeler, Barrios, Gray, Pineda, Bruzdar, Gratterall. Maybe Jordan Balazovich is in there, El Randy, Devin Smeltzer. But you're not relying on any of the kids. The kids can come up and help you, but you're not relying on them. I think that's a great rotation, and you're still not going nuts on money. So that yep. next offseason, you can still build if you decide you need something else or you have the maneuverability to trade for somebody. For people tweaking out, you could just, if you don't want to see Gibson Pineda there, just replace that with something worth $18.5 million. The point is you're spending on, on the rotation. Yeah. Bullpen, uh, top to bottom, eight guys deep. Roger Smith, Duffy May, Littell, Romo, Stashak, and Fernando Romero. Again, that eighth spot is kind of fluid. It could be... Kyle Gibson, if he falls out of there, you, you kind of just need a guy to cover innings. And maybe it'll be the Rochester Express again. Or maybe it'll be a minor league free agent who makes a ton of sense. That's $23.325 million committed to your bullpen. Not an egregious sum. Taylor Rogers is going to get $3.9 million. He's easily worth three times that in terms of how he performs. So your additional money considerations are Perez's buyout, $500,000. Dyson's salary while on the IL, $2 million. A grand total of $146.985 million. That's up $27.3 million from opening day last season. You might not win 101 games, but you're a matchup nightmare for whoever you play in October. It could get crazy. You Bailey, do you agree with that statement? Unless it's the Yankees. <sighs> Bailey's oh. the worst. Bailey's absolutely the worst. The worst. 
Bailey, Bailey, just the worst. But so in September, maybe Kirilov is playing for you. Larnik is playing for you. Yeah. You've got a Gratterall lot. is starting. I mean, if Gratterall is starting, that's like... If he's your number exci- five? Yeah, that's exciting. Or maybe he'll be in your bullpen. But hey, Who knows? everyone wants to do one of these blueprints. If you do one and want to share it with us, you know where to go. Can at Brandon underscore Morn, at Tishware 3, at I am Justin Bailey. He'll probably mute you, but... Um, at Zone Coverage, I'm in at Midwest Swing Pod. Let's, We're happy to hear from you. Um, quick, quick, quick. What do you got for the League Championship Series? I have um, Nationals and Astros. Cards, seven. And the Astros. And I have the Astros winning the World Series. And I have the Cardinals. I'm on the Cardinals bandwagon, Bailey. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't want the Cardinals to win. I I told you both off air. I just don't care about this NLC. No, it's, it, not, I, it's not interesting at all if you like it, the Dodgers. I, th- or the I think I think it's interesting if the Dodgers had won. I actually think it's the Nationals yeah. making it not interesting. But yeah, it's just two teams, and it, I'm obviously I don't like the Cardinals, but it's just two teams that I just don't think people I think, are really interested in if you're not a fan of them. Yeah, cards in the playoffs. And by the way, Atlanta's not likable, so let's not like say oh they beat a likable. Atlanta team they like built no 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 like the the chant isn't likable I think the team's the the chant and the organization aren't they have exciting players Uh, that's okay okay that's that's a that's a fine yeah is Dave Roberts done no no he's coming back is he yeah they like it sounds like it's a done deal yikes yeah I thought he was done big yikes that was he should not have left Cursa in there yeah no no Um, he shouldn't have left Joe Kelly in there (laughs) he he shouldn't be left in there (laughs) Uh, where was Ken where was where was Zach Britton where was sorry? And, that's a, that's a Buck Showalter yeah. joke. Um, yeah, I probably I guess Cardinals. I'd have Astros winning AL. Um, so it'll be uh, Cardinals Yankees. Just so everyone knows when we when we reconvene yeah, in I'm a couple sure. weeks. Um, the Yankees will give them a run for their money. I still think the Astros are. Yeah, my boy George Springer is going to come in. I, I actually I like the Astros. I think the Astros are a really fun team. But Pizza Man, um, Pizza Man. Cardiac Cardinals, baby. All right, that's all. all I right, we're, we're at Bailey's heart out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have to leave, too. We yeah. have to go. Tom's got a flight. So D.D. Gregorius, future brewer, saying that right now. I love it. I love it so much. That's like a tro- think that's such a troll. So is Orlando Arcia going to? I think they're going to non-tender Arcia. He can't hit. Woof. Like, he can't hit anything. Woof. He's in, in a certain amount of time, he's like the third worst shortstop in some advanced stat that I want DD to Brewers. Wow. I would, I would. Wow. Wow. You're analytical over there, aren't you? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we got to get Tom on a, a flight and we got to get your car fixed or something like that. So yes. we'll be back next Tuesday. We're going back to one episode a week. I might try to get some of the affiliates involved. Marshall Kellner from Fort Myers. I know some AAA people, some AA people. Nice. We'll have a little fun with it. And if you've got ideas for us, let us know at Midwest Wing Pod. Any of our handles, you can find them. Just rewind back a couple minutes. But we will see you next Tuesday. We'll see what the World Series is doing, or actually the division, uh, championship series, getting closer to the World Series at that point. But until then, um, try stay warm. Try to keep your wheels on the ice or on the street because it's going to be icy here coming up this weekend. But you've been listening to Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Rock over London. Rock on, Chicago. 